It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, Broncos country? The bye week is done. Bronco country, football is back. It's not in the Mile High City. It's going to be in the Twin Cities as the Broncos go ahead and prepare to face the Minnesota Vikings coming off of their bye week and coming off of a victory from the Cleveland Browns two weeks ago. How will the Denver Broncos fare against the Vikings? We're going to get into that a little bit. I also want to talk a little bit about some developing news between the quarterback position and an offensive lineman, one that can't seem to stay out of the limelight, even when he's not trying to be in it. What's going on, everybody? This is Luke, host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation, and Quite simply, the first thing I got to open up with is something that's been on my mind, something that's gone viral, something that you've probably seen, and that's a video of left tackle Tyler Lewan from the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Tennessee Titans pulled off an absolute shocker upset against the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday in a really, really good game, and ultimately, the Chiefs got shut down. In Arrowhead. And that's something the Chiefs don't usually do, especially in the last minute. And Taylor Lewan, well, you'd think he'd be pretty happy getting a victory in Arrowhead against the playoff contending Kansas City Chiefs. 
However, Taylor Lewan did not play a good game. The guy had three penalties, one unnecessary roughness call, and two holding calls. But it's the audio that he got after the game as he welcomed reporters into his locker and, quite frankly, addressed how he felt he played the game, saying, quote, My penalties are a blanking expletive problem. I'm completely screwing the team. And that's just a portion, end quote. Now, that is something that immediately got my attention. Why? Because in today's day and age, and especially in the NFL, this is coming from a millennial, people do not take accountability for their actions. It's something that drives me nuts. It's something that I think everyone should do in a professional setting. Because the fact of the matter is, although we all have egos, We also all have professions, and when you're getting paid to do something, you should be clear, precise, and honest with your evaluation on how you do that said job. Now, Taylor Lewan came out and said he knows he's killing his team. He knows he has to be better. Now, in all fairness, Taylor Lewan is a player that I've always liked. Um, I think he plays the game with a certain edge and grittiness, and I think that he is a very rare breed of offensive linemen. He is an offensive lineman that is never straight away from the cameras, who is never straight away from high-profile NFL players. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is him and Jalen Ramsey, right? When Jalen Ramsey was cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars and in that same division, Tennessee and Jacksonville. And you see Taylor Luan and Jalen Ramsey mixing it up a little bit last year. That's something you don't see. You don't see an offensive lineman going out of his way to trash talk one of the best trash talkers in the league in cornerback Jalen Ramsey. So I've always liked Taylor Luan. I don't think he's the best left tackle in the league by any means. But the respect notch for Taylor Luan, that's cranked up to 10. And if you're a part of Broncos country, you got to feel a little jealous right now of Taylor Luan. One, not because he can play, but two, he was accountable for his actions. That's something that we cannot seem to get out of Garrett Bowles. Now, Garrett Bowles is having a terrible year, quite simply. it's Nothing has changed, folks. He's got 11 penalties throughout 2019, 10 holding calls, and one false start. So not a lot has changed for Garrett Bowles from his previous two seasons and not a lot has changed since he addressed the press since he addressed the media after the Chicago Bears game a game in which he had four holding penalties and that was a game that I have I'll always remember and it's for the wrong reason I'll always remember that game quite simply because It was the only time in the history of professional football that I can remember witnessing an offensive lineman being booed off of the field. And I'm not trying to exaggerate things. I'm not trying to be overdramatic. But Garrett Bowles had a police escort with him following that loss to the Chicago Bears. Uh, So that should tell you just a little bit. Give just a little bit of a peek behind the curtain and show you really what Broncos country thinks of Garrett Bowles. Now, I do want to commend Broncos country for being um, very classy fans, not throwing any projectiles or um, being nasty to Garrett or anything like anything like that. Those are things that you expect out of Philadelphia Eagles fans. Those are things that you expect out of Oakland Raider fans. 
Broncos country has a much higher standard, and I'm very proud of that standard. In Broncos country, you should be very proud of that standard as well. But the main difference between Garrett Bowles and Taylor Lewan, it's accountability. And for me, that accountability ties directly into coaching and trust because the fact of the matter is nobody, and I'm going to say it again into this mic so everyone can hear, nobody trusts Garrett Bowles in that locker room. There are all kinds of reports, uh, not reports, but there are little whispers that, you know, Garrett Bowles isn't well-liked, he's not well-received, he doesn't seem to get along with his teammates, he's kind of the um, the kid on the playground that's being excluded from all the other children based on his own actions, based on his own behavior. And that's something that Garrett Bowles has to change now or get ready to bomb your career because that's happening. And Mike Munchak, he can fix technique. He can fix fundamentals. He can fix things of that nature. But you know what he can't fix? He can't fix arrogance. He can't fix um, unwillingness to change. And he can't fix whether or not a player has the ability to strive for greatness. Because right now, Garrett Bowles, I honestly believe he doesn't think he's the problem. So when the Broncos and the coaching staff, the front office, when they continually trot him out there week after week, expecting different results, it's a head scratcher for everybody in Broncos country. It's a head scratcher for everyone in the media. It's a head scratcher for everyone across the league, folks. Garrett Bowles is arguably the worst offensive lineman in the league. And it's not because he doesn't have the tools. He is a very athletic guy. He's a very strong guy. He's a decent run blocker. He really is. Not not great, but he's he's getting better in run blocking, which I guess is a positive. Um, not seeing a lot in the pass pro sets. He's getting beat from anyone that's a mediocre pass rusher to the elite in Khalil Mack. And there's just... That, that lack of accountability with Garrett Bowles, that lack of accountability from the coaching staff and the front office to hold him responsible for his mistakes is ultimately leading to the downfall of the locker room. I mean, there are guys in that locker room that are constantly on the bubble fighting for a position. And then to have a player like Garrett Bowles that just can't seem to do anything bad enough to get him off the field. I mean, how many holding penalties or false starts, or unnecessary roughness, how many penalties in general are the Broncos willing to endure before they bench Garrett Bowles? Because I don't know. I really don't. Now, I know, I think they they brought up Rodgers, I think Jake Rodgers, um, early in the season, and made him active as a tackle, and he has yet to see the light of day. Don't have any other offensive linemen in that rotation at left tackle. Uh, Jawan James re-injuring his knee. Some people think that ultimately if he was healthy that maybe they would try to rotate things around. Maybe you see Elijah Wilkinson over there. Maybe you see Jawan over there. Leave Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle. It's hard to say. But you can definitively say that Garrett Bowles is a bust. And it's his own fault. It really is. Because he is not accepting coaching. He's gone through three different coaching staffs, I think four different coaches. I mean, heck, they brought Chris Cooper 
a Broncos offensive lineman who accomplished so much, who has so much respect in that building from anyone, from, from the coaches to the staff to the equipment guys to the media. Chris Cooper is Mike Munchak's assistant, and neither Mike Munchak or Chris Cooper can seem to get through to Garrett Bowles. When you have a rookie, Dalton Reisner, that's being put next to your left tackle, your first-round left tackle, to help him play this game, I scratch my head. You know what? I take that back. I don't scratch my head. It just pisses me off because there's no excuse for it. There's absolutely no excuse. And I'm just taking a wild guess here, but when they break the huddle, it almost seems to me like Reisner has to tell Bowles what to do. It almost seems like Reisner is there to guide Bowles throughout the game, to baby him throughout the game. And that's all this coaching staff has done. That's all this front office has done. And if you're Garrett Bowles, this is it, man. Taylor Lewan just put out a video for you. Can you get it? Can you get past your ego? Can you can you just grasp that you've been jacking up for so long and that you have the tools, you have the resources ready for you to fix this? But you're not taking advantage of that. And I cannot figure out why. I just can't figure out why. So in a week where there are a lot of questions surrounding players on the Broncos, including quarterback and what's the ultimate plan for this player or that player, I want to know what the plan is for Garrett Bowles. Because right now, the plan is status quo. And that's Garrett Bowles is going to give up sacks. He's going to give up penalties. And he's going to lose games. It's that simple. He is not improving. He's either staying the same, which is very stagnant, or he's getting a little worse. And Rich Gannon brought it up in the last telecast against the Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos against the Cleveland Browns, and he said, if you're – I'm going to try not to butcher this because I didn't write it down, but he had said something to the effects of if you're not coaching it, you're allowing it to happen. And right now the Broncos, well – they're allowing Garrett Bowles to happen, and you're seeing where that's getting him. And that's a broken offensive line, an offensive line that's been broken for years, with the exception of Dalton Reisner. I don't really care for any of these offensive linemen. Ron Leary has been a gigantic disappointment since he's gotten here because of injuries. Elijah Wilkinson, he's a service serviceable backup, and I'm curious to see how his development goes with Mike Munchak. But Connor McGovern, he's a guard that's playing center. It's that simple. I think he's an average player, nothing to rag home about. Um, But this offensive line is in shambles, and when your first-round draft pick from 2017 is continuing to hold this offense hostage, you shouldn't be surprised at the results. But, speaking of surprises, Broncos country, you got a new quarterback practicing with you starting tomorrow on Tuesday, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Um, will be practicing on Tuesday with the Denver Broncos per Vic Fangio. During his press conference today, he stated Drew would be practicing, and this is going to be the first time that Drew Locke is practicing since going on IR. And when you think about that, that was during week three of the preseason when he sustained that thumb injury. And we've heard a lot of, well, Drew's not ready, Drew hasn't practiced. And while that is true, I can tell you that Drew Locke has been throwing the football one to two weeks after that injury. 
He's been throwing and he's been ready to go. Physically. Mentally, mm, there's some questions there. And they're not questions for me. They're questions around that building. On his preparation. On his ability to read coverages. Specifically in the middle of the field. You hear a lot of questions about and a lot of commentary about him not being able to pick up um, zone and man coverages in the middle of the field. Uh, His footwork was very, very sloppy in training camp. And for whatever reason, the Broncos, they want to hold him back. And I can't figure out why. Um, It just I scratch my head on Drew Locke every day because – I think that there is this inherent fear that if he gets out there, the Broncos are going to feel exposed or they've seen him as a two-year project and Drew will see in 2020. Either way, that's not going to work. And it doesn't seem like right now there's a plan for Drew Locke. And that's very frustrating if you're a member of Broncos country. It does not make sense because Brandon Allen, while I like Brandon Allen, I do. I think I think he's a cool story. Um he seems like a nice enough guy. I appreciate the respect he gives his teammates and Joe Flacco. Uh, I appreciate all of it. Love it. It's a great story. But you know what? Brandon Allen only has one game of NFL experience. That's one more game than Drew Locke has because Drew doesn't have any. So to continually float Brandon Allen out there as your starting quarterback, I think it's dangerous. I think it's really dangerous. And Vic Fangio was asked about that today. You know, if if Allen, Brandon Allen seems to be playing well and the Broncos are winning games, will that impact what the Broncos do with Drew Locke? And Vic Fangio's answer, short, quick, and to the point, yes. End quote. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com easy. Ramp.com easy. R-A-M-P dot easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. So... There is not a plan for Drew Locke going forward. Vic said that he does want to evaluate him based on good quarterback play and figure out if he belongs in the league. But ultimately, it's going to be determined whether or not Drew Locke comes off IR based on practice. But the most alarming thing that I heard in Vic Fangio's press conference today was 
with regards to the question, can we expect Drew Locke coming off of IR? And Fangio had said, quote, he'll be determined as one of the two that we bring off IR. That doesn't mean he'll be activated, end quote. So the NFL is a it's a perception-based business, and perception is often reality. But Vic Fangio tends to break the mold a little bit because he'll give you direct answers. He's not the walking cliche that most coaches are. And I like that about Vic. I really do. But when Vic's saying, look, it doesn't mean he's going to be activated just because he's practicing, that's very alarming. Because what if you do not see Drew Locke this year? What if Brandon Allen wins out and Drew stays on IR? You're heading into the draft, and you don't know what you have at quarterback. You know you have Joe Flacco. He's hurt, he's busted, and you know what you get from him. And Brandon Allen, you're not quite sure yet. He won a game. And I think he was 12 for 20, a uh, couple touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, uh, sacked a few times. He had a good game in Cleveland. He really did. This isn't anything against Brandon Allen, but you know what? Brandon Allen, you were sixth-round pick for a reason. Drew Locke, your second-round pick. you got to play Drew Locke. And for the Broncos, in case they've forgotten this, and in case anybody's forgotten this, because I almost feel like at times they have, the Broncos traded up in the second round to go get Drew Locke. They took the big dog in Dalton Reisner. And then John Elway, who was reportedly smitten with Drew Locke all winter, from the Senior Bowl all the way into the Combine and everything else, now Drew Locke just seems to be put on this shelf over here, uh, the display shelf, where you can look at it, you can talk about it, but do not take that toy out and play with it because we, we don't know if it's going to function. We don't know if that toy is going to be able to handle the stress of what have you, an action figure, uh, Hot Wheels car, what have you. And it's infuriating. Why? Because it's the exact same thing that the Broncos continue to do at quarterback. And I guess for me, it really comes down to there is zero urgency at this quarterback position right now. And when there's not any urgency at the quarterback position, this team is stagnant. And it's going to be stagnant moving on into the future. This is a losing season. This is where the Broncos have an opportunity to find talent on their team or on the streets. It's that simple. It's time to start playing guys and see if they can play. They're doing it at other positions. Why can't they do it at the quarterback position? Hell, why can't they do that at the offensive line position? Because as near as I can tell, defensive back, linebacker, defensive line, and the wide receiver units have all had guys coming in and out trying to figure out who's going to be the one, who's going to fix things. Mike Purcell comes in for Adam Gotsis. We see some results. Spencer comes in as, as a wide receiver and returner. We're starting to see some results. I know that he has some, he's made some bad decisions here and there, but Deshaun Hamilton's fighting for reps. It's You're seeing other positions, Alexander Johnson's flying onto the scene. At linebacker, you're seeing other positions where the Broncos aren't afraid to take that risk. They're not afraid to roll the dice and figure out what they have in a player. They refuse to do that at the quarterback position. My theory Drew Locke does not fit the Mike Shanahan system, the John Elway system. I'm going to call it the John Elway system because 
the John Elway system, at least with his quarterbacks, um, I don't want to have another decision, but this is what it looks like. The decision 2.0 for the Denver Broncos at quarterback. You had it with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, low round draft pick, high round draft pick. And now you have it with Brandon Allen, six round draft pick and Drew Locke, second round draft pick. Now, while I never liked Paxton Lynch, I do like Drew Locke. I, I think that he has elements to his game that can be improved on and um, honed in a little bit more. The guy has a rocket of an arm. It's very impressive to watch this, this young man throw the ball. I like it a lot. I like his confidence. I like his swag. The things I don't like about Drew Locke, his footwork is very, very sloppy, especially in those three steps, especially in those five steps. He's credentialed out there at training camp this year, folks. I'm telling you. He's exciting, but he's got some bad habits. That strong arm, that's a bad habit. He's got a bad habit with that strong arm. He he has the tendency to sidearm some throws at times and get away with it. He got away with it at Mizzou. But you know what? You're not going to get away with it in the league. It's that simple. These guys, these corners, these linebackers, hell, even defensive linemen nowadays, they're too fast, they're too smart, they're too big. You're going to turn the ball over. But the biggest problem with John Elway's offense is that he does not tailor his offense to his quarterbacks. The last time the Denver Broncos had a quarterback and they changed their offense to fit his needs, that's Mr. Tim Tebow, folks. And that's saying something. It's been since Tim Tebow that the offense has not been tailored to the quarterback's needs. Why? Because John wasn't John came in right after the Tebow era. Right right during that last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers got beat, they went to the playoffs, and they got spanked by the Patriots. But John was able to transition from that to the Peyton Manning offense, or at least that's what we thought it was going to be, but not so fast. Gary Kubiak and Peyton Manning had to come up with this weird hybrid of stuff that Peyton likes and stuff that Gary likes, and they were both going to compromise, and this is what you get. And that offense was putrid. That offense was terrible. And for the first time in my entire life, I was just rooting for a three and out from the offense. So that spectacular, the best defense to ever play football in Super Bowl 50, that Broncos no-fly zone could get out on the field. So I guess my point in all this word salad and this rambling is that the Broncos, if you're going to take a quarterback, work to his strengths. Don't work to his weaknesses. Don't make a quarterback that has excelled in the shotgun, the spread, the air raid style type of offense in college and try to force him to be the next rollout, bootleg, gunslinging quarterback. It's not going to work that way. It just doesn't fit to his natural talents. And while I think Drew can ultimately learn, and I think he has the potential to run this offense, I got to ask, what is the infatuation with this offense? John loves it so much. Uh, it's At some point, it's, you know, do you want to coach it, John? Or do you want to manage some of the talent that you're going to bring in? Should we work on that? And I love John Elway. The guy's not getting fired. I've already said it before. If you tell me that John Elway should be fired and do not have a replacement for me, I'm going to call you lazy and I'm going to call you ignorant because that's a lazy, lazy take. You don't call for somebody's job without having a succession plan. 
anyone's able to have an opinion. That's the beautiful thing about the United States. We have so many freedoms and freedom of thought is something that people don't really appreciate. And it's okay to have differing opinions. It's okay to have opinions. But especially with sports takes, if you're going to say something, have some evidence to back it up. Something that I've learned in my one year of covering the Broncos right now. And it doesn't have to be statistics. I know a lot of people like to throw stats. And I've said forever, stats can be manipulated for better or for worse. But John Elway has got to figure out whether or not he's going to utilize the strengths of the quarterbacks he likes or if he's just going to continue to jam this offense, this philosophy down their throats. Because the quarterback carousel, around and around we go. Six different quarterbacks since Peyton Manning and counting? Not good. So I guess, I don't know. If you're the Broncos country, what I'm hearing right now is that Eight losses ultimately gets Drew Locke on the field. So when you think about those eight losses, that ultimately is going to take you to week 14. And I would expect to see, if you're going to see Drew Locke at all, and I haven't decided. I don't know what the Broncos are going to do yet. I don't have a good feel on them. Um, I would say if Drew Locke is going to play, it's going to be in week 14 against the Texans. That's on December 8th. And... That's just not a big enough sample size. A few games. I would like to see four or five games from Drew Locke. I think that gives you um, an accurate sample size and an idea of whether or not you want to move forward with this young quarterback. But right now, it doesn't seem like John Elway's wanting to do that. And it didn't seem like he wanted to even do that in training camp. Why was Kevin Hogan here? Can somebody answer me why Kevin Hogan was taking second team reps away from Drew Locke in training camp? only to be cut and have Brandon Allen signed on September 1st, a guy who didn't take any reps in training camp. Just a head scratcher, folks. I, I don't get it. I don't have I don't have an answer for that. I don't even have a theory to support that logic because there is none. And right now, Brandon Allen taken taken away from Drew Locke. Kevin Hogan took away from Drew Locke. Joe Flacco is hurt. Your starting quarterback is hurt. This is the ideal time to find out what you have in Drew Locke. Because if you don't, you're going to be staring down the pipeline of Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm. You're seeing the young cat out of LSU beat Bama, right? Um, You're seeing some of these cats. I think there's another one out of Utah. There's some good quarterbacks, folks. It's a deep quarterback class. And I start to go through these things a little bit more as Christmas comes around. I will be at the Shrine Game this year covering that for Mile High Report. Really excited to take a look at all the quarterbacks and the offensive and defensive prospects from that game. But do the Broncos have a plan for Drew Locke? That remains to be seen. Do the Broncos have a plan for the offensive line? Is Garrett Bowles ever going to get benched? That remains to be seen. So we gear up for the Broncos. They're They're facing the Vikings. The Vikings are a good team, folks. The Vikings offense is what the Broncos offense is supposed to look like. They've got a pocket passer that is a little bit agile, but he can't scramble, really. Um, They've got a featured running back in Dalvin Cook. They've got a really good tight end in Rudolph out of Notre Dame. Just caught two touchdowns, I think, against Dallas. And then 
Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. You've got a really, really good Vikings offensive line. Um, this offense is ultimately what it should look like. And the fact of the matter is it doesn't. It doesn't look anything like that. Except for Brandon Allen and the Cleveland Browns game. That's a one-game sample size. It's not even worth making a trend of. We have to figure out what this team looks like. And it starts with the young guys, and it starts with replacing players, whether that be at the quarterback position or the left tackle position. So right now, I've got the Broncos losing to the Vikings. Um, I just don't see them being able to hang with such a high-powered team. That being said, it was a weekend for upsets in college football and the NFL. So anything could happen. Maybe this is a trap game for Minnesota, but I doubt it. Right now, I've got the Vikings winning easily 35-17 to against the Broncos. And away and away we go. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and continue to give you guys as much coverage as I can with podcasting. Please be sure to check out milehighreport.com. We've got tons of great writers on this website. We've got tons of great podcasters, excellent interviews, excellent insight, Please be sure to give us that thumbs up on iTunes or Spotify or any of your podcasting outlets. And on this Veterans Day, I want to be sure to thank every veteran, active or retired. Um, thank you so much to all the men and women who have served our country. And um, you know what? I want to include their families too because it's an absolute sacrifice that Americans make and their families to defend all of our freedoms in this country and it is greatly appreciated so happy veterans day veterans you are not thanked enough and we cannot thank you more for your service that being said thank you guys so much for joining me here on this edition of broncos on the rocks presented by mile high reports i'm luke saying always believe in that mile high magic